Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Down the blind, Andrew John. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle and won. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloken About, a special one. We are reviewing yesterday's massive clash. Plus, we're asking questions like, how much is Munster worth on the open market? We're also asking, do the Raiders get enough slack for the fact they lost their nine and their seven? Are the Panthers in their own league? Is Ben Hunt playing the best footy he's played since 2015? Plenty of questions in this episode. A deep, deep dive. Probably the deepest dive we've ever done on a game because it was such a, an incredible performance yesterday by the Tigers. Always brought to you by Bloke in a Bar. Get down to your local, grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. It's the beer of sport. When you think sport, you think Bloke beer. Get a case from your local independent bottle Also, if you love our merch, go to bloke.shop, grab some merch. Follow the great Gurino on any good podcasting app or follow him on Instagram and Facebook at Rugby League Guru, as usual. Let's get straight into it, baby! Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, a special episode. I say that every week, but this is a special episode because we had an incredible match of rugby league. I tell you what, no matter who you support, you watched that game and you said, this is why we watch rugby league, the Eels versus the Tigers, the Tigers with an incredible uh, field goal to win the game. Mate, how was, I mean, I feel like I'd literally just stopped talking to you. We had a massive show yesterday, but how was your afternoon yesterday? Mate, it was unreal. We got back from the show and that game was incredible. I did not see it coming at mm. all. Yes. I, I wouldn't have predicted that in any way, shape or form. I, I sort of said to you yesterday, always when you've got a team that hasn't won a game of football, you're waiting for that bounce back game where they shock everyone. Yeah. I honestly couldn't see it coming. Yeah. Um, and Hastings, you know, you've had him on your podcast. I've had him on mine and I don't know how you felt, but when I spoke to him, a year ago, you could just tell in his voice something was different. Yeah, something for sure. had changed, and you know whether that meant he was going to come back to the NRL and brain it or not, I wasn't too sure. But fuck, his first two weeks were unbelievable. And then what he did yesterday, I'm not sure if I've ever seen a team take a bigger turnaround in a week. Oh, never. I've never seen a team go from where they were at to how they played yesterday. Brought to you by Bloke in a Bar as usual. Grab a case from your local. Make sure to get in there. It's a beautiful beer, guys. Easy drink. Also, I got this. From Big Summer Burgess. Big fucking Summer Burgess. Extra hot and spicy beef jerky. Aurora Valley. This is Big Summer Burgess. He started this, so go check it out. Aurora Valley beef jerky. 
Beautiful beef jerky. Had some the other day. He sent me a big package. But yeah, Aurora Valley. Big fucking summer burgers. Who would have thought, eh? Beef jerky. So go check that out. Um, I'll be ripping into that a bit later. But back to the game, mate. Oh, also, grab some bloke merch. We've got the OG shirts at bloke.shop. Uh, also, join the bloke club. Uh, obviously, you get early access, all that kind of stuff. Discounts blah, 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 at www.bloke.club. And uh, we've got the OG bloke shirts. We've got shorts still left. We've got socks. We've got hats. We've got everything you want. Bloke merch at www.bloke.shop. And we ship internationally. We ship internationally. Now, on to the game. I am so happy for Tigers fans. So happy for Tigers fans. And what's, in, yeah, what's crazy is, is how wrong I think we all were. Mm. At the start of the week, no, actually, not the start of the week. I think on Friday, on the Morning Glory with Matty Johns, and I said this respectfully it wasn't as a dig at the tigers fans or not the tigers uh, team or anything but i said if the game was 60 minutes i think they could give them a real red hot crack because i felt the tigers were going to come out and and just play for their coach like everyone knows michael mcguire is under so much pressure so i thought for that 60 minutes they'd be really competitive and then eels would um you know I guess, bowl them over in the last 20. And the Eels did come back in the last 20, but the Tigers, the resilience they showed in that last 20 to when they lost momentum, fight for it back a couple of times. I think that shocked absolutely everyone. And they looked like a completely different side. It was, it was, it was like you got 17 blokes that were completely different to the 17 blokes from the week before. And that was a standout for me in that second half. There was a couple of moments where I was like, Fuck, that's going to be the one that's going to let Parramatta back 100%, in. 100%. They just found their way. You even watch that last set. Like, Luke Brooks comes out from number half, goes to give it to Dane Laurie. He's standing in front of him and yep. just going, oh, fuck. fuck, how are we throwing a forward pass? Hastings kicks for seven yeah. tackles and someone else kicks for seven tackles. It's just, they, but they hung in there. Yeah. They hung in the contest. They, yeah, like there's still improvement there, but fuck, it was an impressive win. Absolutely. And, and to be clear, like, yes, we understand they have to do it again each week, and this was just one game. But as a fan, put that shit aside. Enjoy the win. Don't let the haters come in and say, oh, we've still got a fucking year to go. Just enjoy the win for as it is. Everyone's aware that the next week they need to back it, down, back it up. But right now you had an incredible win. Enjoy it. Embrace it. That's why we watch rugby league. Don't rob yourself of today's pleasure worrying about the future. You know who said that? Who said that? I don't know. Who said that, Matty? <laughs> Dan and Kemp, 2022. Boom, 2022, Dan and Kemp. I'm sure some fucking ancient warrior said it, Guru, all right? Kemp, comedy. There it is. Uh, Nostradamus said it. Nostradamus. Anyway, uh, so yeah, the Tigers in incredible win. Let's get into the game. The Tigers. We'll go Tigers first, and then we'll get into the Eels. The Tigers. They looked like... It wasn't just the fact that they got the win. It was the way they looked. They looked energised. They looked happy to be there. They were in players' faces. You know, you got Laurie getting in Gutho's face. And what's really interesting is at the start of the week, uh, again, on the Morning Glory show, we read out Luke Brooks's uh, quote. And I think I also added it to our show, but we never got around to it. Yeah. Um, but he basically said... Oh, actually, I'll get it up right now. So, anyway, your thoughts about the start of the game? Well, yeah, that's what, like the th- thing that stood out for me was that, and I spoke about it last week, that when they were playing the Sharks, and there was a couple of things that uh, Mulatalo did where, you know, he ran across the dead ball line. No one got near him, and I just thought, where's the energy in this side? He then grabbed Garner, threw him over the sideline, sort of gave him a push in the head, and yep. Garner stood up, and the rest of his teammates were 40 metres away getting ready for a scrum. Like, yep. there was just no energy. And then when you saw... When Laurie put that shot on Gutho, yeah. there was 12 Tigers in, within a metre of each other instantly. Yep. Like, it just... 
it changed completely. It was so impressive. It was so good to watch. It was honestly two different people. So this is what Brooks said last week. Obviously under the pump and, you know, and it's, to be fair, I think it's fair that he is under the pump. Now, don't get me wrong, a lot of journos take it way too far, but I do believe if you're on a million dollars and you are the leader of a high-pressure club and, and blah, 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 and high-pressure situations, you should be, I guess, uh, held to a higher standard. Anyway, he came out and said, a lot of people have never done anything in the game. I couldn't care less what they say about me. I'm just focused on playing good footy. And I was like, you know what? It's not about what he said. It's about how he said it. Yep. And what I loved about that is the mongrel in him. And he's right. Fuck everyone, bro. Like, you are the one out there. You are the man in the arena. And you're the one that's going to be punished if you don't play well. So you, it's not like you're not going to be punished. And your, your next contract, it will reflect on how you play. So he's going to get whatever he deserves, whether it's, you know, bad or good. And I love that because it's like, even, even me, like, I haven't done what Luke Books has done. I haven't won Dally M half of the year. I haven't won the player of the player of the year for the Tigers. And I just what I loved about it, it had a bit of mongrel and a bit of fight in him. He was finally saying, Love me or hate me, fuck you. And I love that shit. And it reflected. For me, it exactly echoes for me who owns this team. It's the it's the attitude of Jackson Hastings. We said a couple of weeks ago that they might have five captains. He's the fucking captain. He's the captain. This is his team. Yeah. There's no I, I have no doubt about that whatsoever. And Man, I remember talking to him a year ago, and the first thing he said was, I want to help Luke Brooks. Yeah. Luke Brooks isn't the guy that people paint him to be. I want to help him. I said it to you a few weeks ago. It's why he wanted to get on that fucking plane two weeks ago. Yeah, he wanted to be there to help his halves. Yeah. You saw him in the interview after the game. He's just kicked a field goal from 40 metres. He set up two tries. He was unreal. And I think it was Matty John said to him, have you got your mate Brooks in? He said, yeah, I'll get the man of the match for you now. Yeah. He yeah. is just all about lifting the guys And he said something him. like, how about you lay off him for a, uh, for a bit? For yeah. a week, yeah. And I'm just like, you know, Hastings, he's the perfect fall for Brooks because Hastings has been, I mean, his name has been absolutely smashed through the mud. And some fairly so, some not fairly so. Like a lot of the manly situation, when you speak to him off air, although he did stuff up, you're kind of like, oh man, like I don't really think you were that much more in the it. wrong. There's yeah. more to it for sure. Um, put it this way, if he was a gun superstar playing really well, it would have been a little slap on the wrist and they would have kept moving forward. Uh, but anyway, that, that, that happened. And so he's seen it all. He's seen it all. He's been through it all. He's been the kid prodigy that has had it even worse in books. He, got, he didn't get the million-dollar contract. He got the boot to the Super League. So he knows how hard it can be. And he came back and he's just getting behind Brooks. You think about being, like, if you're Brooks, how much you'd be like, fuck, I just want someone to have me back. Like, I just want someone to have me back uh, in the side. And, and Hastings has done that. So... I love that from Brooks, and I hope he keeps that attitude. And look, it, does it mean he's wrong or right? That's irrelevant. I just want to see fight. Yeah. I just want to see Brooksy stand up for himself and go, you know what? Fuck you guys. Like, you, you may be right or wrong. I don't give a fuck. I'm out here. I'm going to have a crack, and whatever the results may be, they may be. Um, I also uh, – we'll get into the game anyway. So they start off the game, and – Immediately, like immediately, you could sell they had direction, they had energy, and the Christmas crispness in which they were playing was outstanding, was absolutely outstanding. I think Madge needs a massive rap for finally biting the bullet. And, and I think, in Madge's defense, who else has he had to move Brooks to six? Who else has put their hand up? Now, he had Benji there uh, for a period, and they were going all right. Um, but Benji was at the end of his career, you know, yep. very, he, he wasn't, he was solid, but was he a guy that could uh, play 80 minutes week in, week out uh, towards the end of his career? Maybe, but not with the same zest that a guy like Hastings can. Um, and so outside of 
Benji. Like they haven't really had anyone there to allow Brooks to be the six. Um, and so Madge deserves credit for making a big call on a big game. And he even had detractors on that call. He made that call and people were saying, oh, you know, uh, he's, now he's moving Brooks and he's, he's basically saying to him that he's not their main, main guy. Um, so, yeah, the, the match starts and just their, their field position, where they're getting, they're getting to tram lines, they're dropping blokes under, they're hitting short balls, their intent was more. Is that What did you notice from the first 20? I, I thought the last three or four weeks, they almost looked like a team that hadn't trained together during the week. Yeah. Then all of a sudden yesterday... It was just like clockwork. Like that that try that um Leilua. Leilua scored. Like mm. it, you know, it, it wasn't a you know re- revolutionary play, but it was just everyone's timing was just spot on. Yeah. And that pass from Brooks was sensational. Um uh, yeah, oh, I thought Brooks in the six, he just looked comfortable. Yeah. He looked more at home. Um I loved I love seeing it's a long time since we've seen it. Well, we don't see it as much as we should. Hastings playing both sides of the rocks. Yeah. And Brooks just being able to... It's a real back to that 90s sort of rugby league, which mm. I thought was so effective. Um, and, you know, Jacko's happy to play that way. Brooks playing off the back. And I thought Dane Laurie was great. Yeah. The hooker, he was fantastic until he got he injured. He had the game of his career. He was flying. Simpkins. Little? Is it Simpkins? Simpkins. Simpkins. Little's yeah. the other guy. Simpkins. He was fantastic. And, you know, it was all energy. Another bloke I want to give a massive shout out to because I'm so fucking stoked he played so well in such a big game. The great Alex Twole. The great Alex Twole. He was fantastic against a pack like the Pan- uh, uh, Eels. 170 metres, five tackle breaks, one line break, 46 tackles. How many do you reckon he missed? Fucking zero. Zero. Because Twole doesn't <laughs> motherfucking miss tackles. <laughs> Twole doesn't miss tackles. Matter of fact, when he misses a tackle, it's the statistician missing the fact that he didn't miss a tackle. That's what it is. Twelve doesn't miss motherfucking tackles. And consider the pack that he went up against too. Yeah, absolutely. And he came off the bench. He came off the bench to knee as well. Yep. Fucking what a knock. He's missed two tackles all year. He's missed two tackles all year. All year. Twelve has missed two tackles all year. Let that sink in. If that isn't a fucking battler, I'm not here. And that deserves massive credit. And how many, so how many tackles? So he made 46, did you say? 46, yeah. 46. What, yes, the last sir. few weeks? So 29. 41, 17, 34, 31, 46. And he's missed two tackles. Two all year. The great fucking Alex Twole. Make a statue. Make a fucking statue somewhere, anywhere. Make it back in Lebanon if you have to. I don't care. Make it somewhere because this man deserves a statue. Tell me anyone else. That could be a record. Anyone else had missed two tackles in six rounds of footy. That's incredible. That's incredible. And he got rewarded with that. Outside of Hastings, he was probably my man of the match. Yeah, and the reality is... If Madge would play him for more minutes in the last five weeks, he would have made an extra 200 and still missed no more. Oh, That's incredible. just the sort of footballer he is. He's, yeah. yeah, he's very underrated. For me well. personally, you take 12, you put him in one of the best packs in the comp, he would be one of the most beloved fr- if front rows in the comp. If he landed in Melbourne four years ago, oh. he would have played Origin for me. If I'm Storm and they've lost people, I'm trying to get guys like 12. Matter of fact, any top-tier side, I'm trying to get uh, guys like 12. Like even against the Titans... Uh, he, he was our shining light, wasn't he? He was my yes. shining light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So against Titans, they lose, you know, really unfortunately. But my shining light was twelve. Like it, it isn't just this week that he's had this impact and played the way he played. Like this guy has been. Think about the mental fortitude you have to have to be a guy like Alex Twelve, where the Tigers are constantly under the pump and the hardest part of the game, which is defence, and it is all attitude. And this bloke does it week in, week out. He's doing it without Stefano too. Crazy. 
incredible. Who, like, I, I thought when Stefano was ruled out, it was going to be a death sentence oh, for the Tigers. Yeah. He, yeah. I thought last year he was their best middle by a country oh, mile. by a million Twole has just stepped up and, yeah, I'm a huge fan. You, a huge fan of Twole. Uh, just, a, yeah, an incredible performance. Um, so, so they go in at halftime, and I'm still thinking, look, they look fucking really good, really good. Um, what's, what's really interesting is... We'll get to Eels and, you know, how they bombed a fair few chances in the completion rate. But I actually think the Tigers bombed a few chances as well. Yep. Like, Jackson Hastings takes that ball. I mean, how, when have we seen a seven at the Tigers hit a short ball, wrap around, get the ball? I mean, I know we dropped it, but when have we seen that kind of play? Like, we just haven't it's seen that energy. It. It's energy. Yes, it's, yeah. it's about competing. It's about not dying on the play. Like, you know, yesteryear it would be hit that short ball. Oh, look how great I am. I just hit a fucking great great play and a quick play of the ball whereas Hastings is like no never die on the play never die on the play hits that short ball and then wraps around drops it um, and then obviously there were plenty of other like just even the field position like Hastings demanding the ball doing dropping people off twice to get to the tram line to give them space either side um, and yeah Brooks is short ball to late lure now some people had issues with that being a double movement I don't think his momentum ever stopped mm. Now, some people say, well, what about Lindsay Collins? But Lindsay Collins essentially stopped, then went like that. That's where I feel the difference. Now, I'm not so, like if someone said to me, I don't feel like Lindsay Collins was at a full standstill, maybe I can see that. But I do believe, uh, in my opinion, it seemed like Leilua went with his momentum. Or it was all in one motion. Like as he was turning over, he went like that, rather than Lindsay Collins was kind of like stop, then kind of, kind of what did he do? Reach out like that? Yeah. Um, am I right? Like, what do you order? No, that's the way that I saw it because Leilua was rolling. Mm. That's momentum for me. Yeah. And Leilua yeah. didn't promote the ball, which mm. is yeah, there wasn't the like a definite. Part. You know, like he, he ended up over there. So yeah, I, I thought that was an unreal try, mate. I, I thought James Tamo was really good for them. Yeah, too. probably his best game since he came to the club. Yeah, there was there's a couple of big penalties that he got in that game too. Um, yeah, I love the energy that Dane Laurie came in with. Mm. Absolutely loved it. That shot that he put on. Mm. And Gutho. I love Gutho getting back in his yeah, face. Unreal. Yeah. What's with the target on Paul Gutho? He's the fucking <laughs> nicest bloke in history. This is the second time a team has fucking had a crack at him. I was like, bro, do people know how nice that guy is? Um, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm obviously tongue in cheek. I love the fact that Laurie was into him and I love that Gutho was back into him. Uh, and, and again, it's, it's all about the mental side of things. You know, the week where, you know, Laurie's name gets smashed through the media. He is a different player. He has a week off. He's obviously got COVID. He comes back and his attitude is completely different. And he has his probably, that's his best game of this year for sure. Yeah. This year. And, you know, on that play too, that kick that Hastings put in. Oh, that was from about halfway and it landed on the one metre. Mm -hmm. Gutho had no choice there but to get buried. Yeah. Like, it's just, you, you can't defend that. Yeah. You really can't. The only thing you can do is as like go down like Ponga does it really well where as he's catching he falls yeah like so whereas like Gutho stood his ground caught it and by the time he's caught it he got hit whereas if you go like fall with it you have a high chance of getting hit high but I guess that's a fucking price and, and if he does that and he nails that best case scenario Laurie's on him yeah. all of a sudden your entire team is 50 metres yeah, upfield absolutely like you have to kick on the 30 metre line all of a sudden it's yeah What's, in, what's incredible is the Tigers completed less sets. They had uh, a total of eight less sets. They had less runs, less run meters, less post contact, equal line breaks, less tackle breaks, less kick return meters. Um, 
made more tackles, missed more tackles, had more penalties against them. So they had six, uh, nine, ten penalties conceded against uh, five, and they still managed to win the game. I'm finding more and more that stats are telling less and less of the story. Mm. And mm. that makes for a great competition. Yeah, in the new age game, for sure. Yeah. I feel like back, you know, 2012, 13, 14, you could almost go, oh, okay, you know, this team won the game without even looking at the score, just looking at the stats. Stats, yeah. Um, and, and it's, I believe it's that intangible. It's, it's like you can't really focus on, oh, who missed more tackles? It's more who's going to scramble more. Yep. Like, the amount of times Storm missed tackles is crazy, but their scramble is second to none. Every week. Every single week. They never... The amount of times where their wingers will jam in and the ball will get past their wingers and their uh, fullback, their half, their wide running forward tackles the winger, the opposing winger over the sideline, that's all scramble and energy. I don't have the numbers directly in front of me, but I remember from the first three weeks... The Tigers missed a grand total of about 40 tackles. They were not missing tackles and they were not getting close to winning games of football. Mm. They come up against Parramatta and they lose. They they miss 34 tackles, which your brain says, oh, that's an issue. They win this game. It's it's crazy at the moment. Yep, absolutely. Just to your point, um, the teams with the, the least missed tackles on average are the Knights, Tigers and Raiders. Really? Yep. Really? So it's all just attitude. It's, yep. really, it's really what it is. Attitude to the scramble. What, what did you think of the first 20 minutes, Matty? I just thought, like, you can sit here and talk about um, X's and O's for however long, but the one thing that stood out to me was the energy. The energy that the Tigers brought. I thought Hastings brought that energy, um, maybe. Like, energy is contagious, and it just, it just went through the whole team. It went through the whole team into my lounge room because I tipped the Eels and I was going for the Eels and by halftime I was going for the Tigers. Oh, really? Like, I don't know. There's nothing better than an upset. But, oh, like, their, their energy and enthusiasm in that game was nothing like we've seen in the first four weeks. In a weeks. long time. And I oh. think you had, you had Jackson Hastings on Captain's Run yep. or Matty Johns. Um, and he said, yeah, yeah they're... they're the little things they're getting wrong are like yardage penalties and, and stupid things like that, which are attitude and enthusiasm. So they definitely fix out on Monday afternoon and it was fantastic to watch. It was my favourite oh. game of the year. Yeah, it was incredible. It was such a great watch. Five on the trot. They lost five on the trot and they don't even look like competing. Look like competing. And they managed to get the win. So they go into half time and I'm going, nah. Yeah. Nah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> oh, honestly, I'm sitting... Look, look, it's beautiful... Tigers fans, your heart's going to get broken. That's what I'm thinking in my head. It, it, what, what I was thinking was, is like, on the podcast, when I review this game, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak to Tigers fans of, look at all the things you can be happy about. Like, look at the difference in attitude. That's what I was like, I guess, putting my thoughts together in my mind of like, letting Tigers at least celebrate that. Yep. There was a different side. Well, they go on halftime, what are you thinking? Mate, I'm thinking the same. There was a, there was one of the tries. I think it was their second try they scored where it went upstairs and the camera was focused on a guy in the crowd with his daughter, both in Tigers jerseys. And when they awarded, they both jumped up and celebrated. And I just thought, oh, you poor bastards. Yeah. This yeah. is going to come crumbling down. Yeah. You know? And credit to them. I was so wrong. And when it's, sometimes That's been the best part of this year when you are wrong, how good it is yeah. for those teams. Absolutely. Uh, and yeah, Tigers fans. Oh, so, mate, as you know, I don't go for a team. Mm. I, I, I celebrated when they won that game more than I have any other game yeah. this entire year because the narrative was unreal. It sucks for Parramatta, but for the Tigers, 
for Hastings, for Brooks that have just been copying shit left, right, and centre. Yeah. To stand up and deliver in a game like that, unreal. And yeah, at halftime, I was the same. I was thinking, oh, how's yeah. this? How's this one going to end? <clears throat> yeah, I just thought they're getting honey dicked here. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're getting teased. They're getting teased. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so they come out in the second half, and they're looking good again. And I'm like, I'm daring to dream here. <laughs> I'm daring to fucking dream. And so they actually, I think they extend their lead. And yep. I'm going, Camomalo scored. Yeah. So they extend their lead, and I'm going. Uh-oh, this actually might be a bit of a boil over, like maybe. Then the Eels get back into it. I'm like, okay, no, nah, no. Nah. With nah. a cracking try yeah, too. Incredible try. Yeah. Um, and I'm thinking, okay, well, look, it's, it's a great fight. There's a lot to take away from this Tigers. I think they can be very proud. But they just kept hanging in there, hanging in there, hanging in there. Uh, even towards the end of the game where they kept kicking it dead. <laughs> oh, fuck. And Hastings goes to pass inside. Rain reads it, and then he takes a run and kicks it dead. I was like, oh, my God, he's going to be the villain. Hastings is going to be the fucking villain. Um, but that, that's the beauty of Hastings now. He's heard it all. He's seen it all. <clears throat> he doesn't give a fuck. Mm. He knows that when the game was on the line and he was 40 metres out, he wanted the ball in his hands. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. So they end up obviously getting the win. Uh, incredible effort by all involved. I thought uh, Tsalangi had some solid defence to start the game. I thought he was very aggressive. Uh, Luciano Lelua, he might be the hardest ball runner in the comp. He's at least up there. Yeah, hardest person right to tackle. There. I'd have him in the top five for sure. Every time he runs the ball, there is danger. Like you can, it's just around him. He might not even get a run up, but all of a sudden people fall off him. He's just... Absolute rugby league handful. He's a rugby league mouthful. He's a rugby league mouthful, as we deduced last week. Um, and he's a guy that, watching him five years ago coming through Reggie's and lower grades, like he was a freak, but he was a touch footballer. Yeah. He has turned into this aggressive, strong, good defensive back rower, which I never thought he was going to be. Yeah, no, agreed. Agreed. I, I never thought. I'd always, I thought he'd be that guy that always offloads, has two or three errors in his game. Like he, he, was, he was the closest thing to Bryce Cartwright at his peak yeah. when we saw him. Like, and you would think, oh, he doesn't want to do the tough stuff. He's not going to take his hit-ups. He's, you know, he's all about when they're leading by 30. Mm. But he's one of their most consistent and toughest Absolutely. second row forwards. Um, I thought Nofua Luma and uh, Mamalo were great. I thought Stafford Toa was fantastic mm. in the centre position. He made an incredible break. He defended all uh, all game really well, really solid, and he, he looked his footwork was explosive. He has to be in that team somewhere every yeah, league. They absolutely. have to find a spot. Have for to him. find a spot for him. Um, yeah. So, look, incredible win for the Tigers. So stoked for the fans. Going forward, I personally think, and it maybe it's a rush decision because he hasn't played that many games for the club. I think you just take the captaincy off all these other people. Give it to Hastings. Just give it to him now. Get it. Rip the bandaid off. I know some people will be against that because it's like, oh, they just named five captains. But it's like, has that really worked? Like, has it really worked? I don't think it has. Hastings is basically yelling, give it to me. Give it to me. Um, I think you just throw your eggs in the Hastings basket because it seems to be the basket that works for him. What do you think? I reckon he'd turn it down. You reckon? I reckon he's, he's mate, he's... Yeah, I know he's still got a, a shadow and a stink to him because people don't want to let go of what happened years ago. I honestly think he would say, no, I'm happy just to play my role, mm. just to do my job. I think he should be captain. I agree with you, but I honestly reckon he would say, 
no, let's just keep it as it is. You chose these boys. Stick with them. They're doing a good job, and I can do my role without mm. a C next to my name. Uh, I don't know. I reckon, I reckon he would take it. I reckon he would take it. What do you reckon, Matty? He kind of is their captain, isn't he? That's I think he is. And that's, uh, that, that's what I think he doesn't. I reckon in his mind he'd be like, I, I don't care whether I'm on the team sheet or whatever. I, yeah. But I, I think – I personally think that he would take it on board – uh, because he has put himself for all the media stuff. He's been the, the forefront of it, like before the game, everything. I, I actually think that he would embrace it. And I think he's become, I understand your thought process of like, you know, why, why give me the captaincy when I can just be the, you know, I can do what I do and lead where I want to lead from. I understand that thought process, but I think he's gone even further beyond that of like, no, no, I'm, I want the responsibility. Like, also, I was going to say like, he, Hastings will never stop trying, right? So if he's their captain, he'll be a good captain, in my opinion. But if Tigers lose, what, another four, we're going to be talking about how stupid it is they have five captains again. I reckon it would be a great situation for everyone if yeah, they get 100%. rid of the five and just put Hastings on. And you know he's going to ride it out. You know he's going to be able to deal with the media. And I, I think his mentality is more along the Kobe Bryant mentality of, fuck, I'm the leader and I want to be the leader and I'm going to take it with both hands. Um, but who knows? Maybe maybe he does say maybe out of respect to the other guys, he says, "Look, I don't want to do that." And I, I think that is his exact mentality. Mm. But I, I just don't think he's going to care if he's got to see next to his name on a team sheet. I don't think he's going to care. But I think for the club going forward, it's better to have him as the main guy, so he can go to the press conferences, he can front the meter up each week. He speaks really well. He says all the right things from a PR perspective. He's fantastic for the club. Whereas, like right now, it's kind of like. Who do we speak to about... Who, um, who went to the press conference yesterday? Uh, Tamau? Tamau? Tamau, yeah. Look. I'm pretty sure it was Tamau. I, I watched the press conference, so I should fucking know. Um, I'll get it up here. How good was... Um, I'm sure we'll talk about it in a minute, but that footage of Brooksy when he walked back into... Yeah, we've got it here got on it the, here. the notes, yeah. Far out. Um, I'll just get this out real quick. So this is a press conference. We're just seeing, you know, who who uh, went with him. Yeah, yeah James Jimmy. Yeah, so Madge was like bloody holding back tears, you know, far out. I felt for him, as I said. Like, I, th- I feel like I say it all the time, like I probably disagree with tactically some of the way he does things as a coach, but so happy for him as a bloke and as a coach, you know, that he was able to have this incredible win and just celebrate something with the boys because there's one thing that you can't deny match is he works his yeah, he ass works off, his ass off. That's, yeah. you cannot deny that you can disagree and rah rah um, and, and, and to be clear I disagree with his tacting coaches I don't disagree with him as a bloke I just some of his decisions sometimes I'm a bit like oh like for example I would have started the year with Hastings at 7 um, and honestly if I'm being totally honest at the start of the year I probably would have had Brooks at 14 and Madden at 6 now, seeing Brooks play this well at six, I think Brooks at six is the, is the right decision. Uh, but it was so good to see Madge just... And the first thing he said wasn't about him, wasn't about himself or his career or whatever. He said, mate, I'm just so happy for the boys to experience this. Yeah. Um, so incredible moment. So basically, are we saying ne- next week they don't have a nine? Uh, Simpkins, obviously, most likely doesn't look like he's going to be playing next doesn't week. Look good, yep. Do you go Madden or Brooks at nine? Um. Yeah, maybe Brooks. I don't know. Um, really? I wouldn't change it. Is is Little around? Is he still? Is he injured? Jacob Little. I think he might be injured. But injured. can you just yeah. check that, please, Matty? Yeah. Yeah. If he's not injured, obviously put Little in there. It's a tough one because I I I think that Brooks looks so good at six, 
But if I had to choose who would be better at nine, I think it probably w- would be Brooks. It, it's a, it's. A, I'll tell you, if I'm if I'm making the decision, I'd probably say to Jackson, who do you want at six? Yeah. Who's the best fit this week? I, I reckon they could go either way. They'll be okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure though. I just think they were so good. Don't change anything. Keep him at six. Keep Hastings at seven. You put Madden at, at nine to start the game. If it doesn't work out, you put Brooks in there. Little played reserve grade this week. So he did play? Yeah. Okay, so little little will most likely be there. Yeah. So I think you keep Madden at 14, Brooks at six, Hastings at seven. That's what I think. Um, outside of that, do you start with 12 or do you keep him on the bench or? Uh, I would have started him all along, but yeah. uh, I mean, it worked for them this week. So uh, yeah, maybe you keep him on the bench. Now I just want to show you this video and we'll get this up on the YouTube. Yeah. <clears throat> This, to me, was so good to see. So good to see and showed a team that is circling the wagons, a team that is circling one of their stars that has been under the pump. Unreal. That's unreal to see the boys get around Brooksy like that. You know, what's great, what's great about that is, like, there is clearly a... There has been a discussion around, mate, he's one of us. We need to protect him. He's been absolutely annihilated. And the only way he doesn't get smashed in the media is if we help him out. Yeah. He walks back into the changing room and the boys are all cheesy. And they don't know the camera's on them. This is from a corner shot, so it's not, you know, pre-rehearsed or anything. This is just the boys stoked for Brooks to be able to experience what he experienced. Um, Yeah, so, look, incredible by the Tigers. Incredible by the Tigers. Anything else that you got from that match going forward for the Tigers? Yeah, no, I just... um, I've obviously got South Sydney this week, so that'll be a huge test for them. Um, And as you said at the start, you've got to back it up the week after. And I'm I'm so excited to watch them next week. Mm. I just I hope for Tigers fans that it is them turning a corner, and if it is, fuck, we've got a competition on our hands. Oh, absolutely. Don't we? I just the biggest concern is now we have to talk about that. Now we will talk about the glass half empty perspective. Is when you have this kind of massive high as a club, yeah. it is so easy to get caught up in this huge win Easter Monday. 30,000 people, drop goal. Everyone loves you. Everyone's talking about you. The Tigers are messaging you. Fans are messaging you. Mate, you're the best. I love you. So you're seeing things getting tagged in. The media are talking you up. Madge is happy. He's got a smile on his face. And you relieve the pressure. And you all sit back. And then after six or five days of training, you rock up and you get absolutely pounded into the earth by a team that didn't have that last week, that didn't have this, this euphoric emotional explosion they just had a hard win, a hard grind. Rabbitohs won, didn't they? Yeah, a bit yeah, dogs. the doggies. They smashed the doggies into the dirt. The hardest thing is making sure that it's not one off. This is another huge game for the Tigers. Because the sad thing about all this is if they go out and get pumped by the Rabbitohs, this means nothing now. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, yeah. you can still have you can you still have that moment, but it it's it doesn't mean anywhere near as much. Yeah, I spoke to Jacko briefly last night, and I can tell you right now, his attitude is. It's one game. We, we need to bounce back next week. Almost to the point where I was like, fuck, can you just enjoy it? Yeah, just, just enjoy, enjoy it, what bro. you've done sort of thing. So uh, I, I know he's not a guy that we'd look to in this competition as, you know, a leadership guy or, you know, but I think over the next few weeks, people are going to realise that he really is that sort of guy, mm. uh, which is crazy, you know, the age he's at and what he's been through and stuff. But he's the one hope that I have that I think that they can go back to back in because that's his attitude. Mate, at the end of that game, he just kicked a field goal, biggest moment of his career. It's been leading up for five years, and he was straight away at that interview. He was all level. Yeah, absolutely. And he was saying, you know, it's only one game. It's one game. It's only one game. It's one out of five. He even said. Yeah. Uh, what are you about you, Maddie? What do you reckon? 
You know, Tigers against South actually historically go all right. They've lost the last four, but they've been like 14-18, 24-26, The game before that was 14-9. They don't go too bad against South, the Tigers. Yeah, look, I, I'm still picking South to get the win, but I if they can show a bit of this energy and aggression, I think it'll be a tough match for the Rabbitohs. I really, really do. Uh, so, look, congratulations to Tigers fans. What an amazing win uh, against, you know, they always have big battles with the Eels and they got the job done. Um, oh, I think as well, just sort of move off the Tigers. Obviously, like Luke Brooks yesterday, he lost his seven jersey, got moved to six. He knows that Dewey's a few weeks away from returning. Mm. It's a big few weeks in the career of Luke Brooks. Massive. Because we know, we know how highly, you know, we, we all saw, saw, saw in the documentary that Adam Dewey is the prodigal son over there, which, as he should be, mm. um, I, I personally think it's a bit of a waste to play him at centre. So it puts Brooks under um, some pressure here. And being a 10-year halfback, you don't want to go to a 5'8 and then become a hooker or a 13 or whatever. Yeah. Like, so big few weeks for him. And if he keeps playing the way he did last night, it's going to give uh, Madge some serious headaches when Dewey returns. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the, the positive for the Tigers, though, is... You may get a Luke Brooks at nine that does what Ben Hunt does at nine. Yep. And then all of a sudden you've got a nine, six, and seven and a Laurie at the back, this spine that's like, oh, hang on a sec. This is a fucking high-quality spine. Uh, I do think that watching some other smaller, like Kurt Mann, really do well at 13, I think that Adam Dewey, maybe they do try him at 13. I don't know how he's going to do it. Yeah, Dewey. Yeah. He's a much bigger body than Brooks. I don't yep. think Brooks is big enough for 13. He's a quite a small yep. frame. Uh then there's obviously the people would say maybe Hastings at 13. I think no, no. Hastings needs to be your seven no matter what. He needs to be the guy that's calling the shots, period. So I think you consider Dewey at 13. Uh, the positive is is even when Dewey comes back, it'll be off the bench. It won't be straight into the side, I'd, yep. I'd assume. Um, so you'll have enough time to like tinker. Like maybe do, do they bring him on as a 14 in the middle there and see how he goes? Does he handle the contact really well? Um, so interesting times. And if you are playing with Hastings as your seven, he's playing both sides of the ruck, you can afford to go a little bit more unorthodox with your 13. Mm-hmm. Like yep. you're not relying on that middle middle third sort of extra halfback to control it. It's all up to Jacko. So then you can just play a talented guy like a Dewey in the 13. And yep. they, yeah, if, if once they get them all back together and they get Stefano back and Dewey, if he's playing through the middle, they're going to be a handful. Yeah. And they just got to, it's all about attitude though. It's all about energy. Making sure that they've got the players now, but it's week in, week out, rocking up with this same aggressive intent. Uh, already shouted out Nofaluma, but yeah, I thought Nofaluma was fantastic. Um, Tarmau, yeah, we talked about him, had one of his better games. Musgrove was good as well. Musgrove was good. Uh, so yeah, look, great. Great win for the boys. Great win for the boys. Now on to the Eels. Just one of those games where the Eels are going to look back at it and go, oh, fuck, you know what? We were trying to score on every set. We should have been patient. We should have say, taken the same tactic we've had for the last five weeks into this game. And look, there is no taking nothing away from the Tigers' win. Incredible win. But there is no denying that the Eels absolutely shot themselves in the foot. They didn't give themselves an opportunity to win that game comfortably. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, once again, without taking anything away from the Tigers' performance, when you're playing those teams that haven't won a game of football, as we said, I, I didn't think it was going to come, but they're, they're always going to have that one performance in them where they go, fuck, we're sick of getting the shit kicked out of us. We're going to stand up. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the Eels ran into them in this game. Um, I mean, the glass half full is that they did only lose by one point. 
yeah. despite all the mistakes they made and everything that did go wrong for them. They were in this contest. There was a lot of missed opportunities there. But two points, no matter what, whether it's round seven or round 25, they're so important in the NRL. Especially what it means to the Eels. Because this this is the game where the Eels need to prove we are a top-tier club. Because the Storm, the Roosters, when they're flying, but the Storm and Panthers don't allow games like this to happen. Now, they may not play great. Like, look at the Panthers. They were missing all those troops, and they still scrapped through wins at the start of the season. Yep. The Eels missing a few troops, playing the Tigers, and then they, they, this happens. Now, that, this has been the knock on the Eels. is like they're right there. They're fucking right there to winning a premiership. But it's games like this where they need to just be so ruthless in the way they play where they don't allow something like this to happen. And, you know, yes, they are missing troops, but... Mate, the guys they're bringing in are good footballers. Absolutely. They're capable guys. And they're, Tigers they're, are missing troops too. Yeah, 100%. So uh, no excuses for Parramatta. Uh, this is a game that I think they should have won. I think they know they should have won. Um, so, yeah, I, some of the performance. So, mate, Papali, I was thinking about it last night. If you, if you take out last season and just look at his form this year, I think he would still be the most improved guy. Yeah. Like, like last year isn't as good. Sorry, this year so far isn't as good as last year because last year was unbelievable. But this year, he is still playing incredibly well. Yeah. It's cr- like if, if he would have arrived at Parramatta this year and played the exact footy he is right now, I think we'd, we'd still be saying once again, he's the most improved guy in this competition. Yeah, I totally agree. He was fantastic. Regan Campbell-Gillard was absolutely massive whilst yep. he was playing. I thought Dylan Brown was fantastic. I, I thought Dylan Brown if anything, was a little bit let down by the players outside him at times. I agree. I think that he created enough space for them to execute and get the job done, and he did it really, really well. I also, what I loved about Dylan Brown's performance is when the game was in the line and they needed something, someone to do something special, Dylan Brown gets the ball, boom, off the left foot, straight through, shows tremendous pace. I personally believe he's the fastest uh, six in the game. Uh, and then obviously that score, they score that try. Yeah, Dylan Brown is... Uh, you know, I think he made one error that, you know, obviously one or two errors, but there, were, there was one area was like really un, unforced error. But outside of that, I thought he was outstanding. Yeah, mate. So, so far this year that Jerome Hughes right foot and the Dylan Brown left foot, yeah, they're just becoming two of the most lethal steps in rugby league. You have yeah. to have that on your whiteboard all week. And yeah, mate, we, honestly, when he went through and set up that try, I, thought, I sort of thought, mm. okay, here we go. This will be the momentum that Parramatta start to ride on when yep. Reed scored. He threw the ball into the crowd. Parramatta was so hyped up, and I know we're under Parramatta, but credit to the Tigers for holding that off. Yeah, absolutely, right. absolutely. Uh, I thought Will Pensini. Pensini was uh, probably his best game this year. 147 meters, eight tackle breaks, especially like a, maybe a little bit quiet first half. But I thought he stepped up in the second half and really got involved. Especially because yeah, he moved to the wing as well. Yeah, well, I, I think wing might be spot. You reckon? Yeah. Be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, outside of that, you know, he probably should have caught that uh, from Gutho, that cutout pass. Yep. But in the second half, I thought he was really, really good. And, mate, every time Nia Corey moves to centre... Oh, he's a beast. He's unbelievable. Mm. Yeah. He, he's like, a beast. He just... Every time he plays centre, he is the best centre on the field. Absolutely. Thoughts on the Madison-Sean Lane situation? I was surprised that Lane took Madison's spot because I thought Madison's been outstanding. And Madison came on the field, runs for 158 metres, 65 post-contacts, 30 tackles. Uh, I, think, I think they 
reverse it. I think they bring Sean Lane on for, ex, uh, for explosive kind of, um, you know, he's got great hole running, really talk and offload, and they leave Madison on to get through his work. Yeah, and I, you know, respectfully too, Lane, when, he, when he's coming off Dylan Brown, he's in those high contact moments. I don't trust him as much as I, as I trust Ryan Madison. Mm. I, I just think that in that pressure situation where you're hitting those real short balls, running your lines that they do, it's a hard job. It's a crazy it's a very hard difficult job. job. And I, personally, I would prefer Maddo there. And you bring a guy like Sean Lane on, he's like a giraffe through the middle. Mm. Well, I just think like Sean Lane suits the explosive impact player more than Madison. And Madison suits the grindy. Yep. Like I think that Lane is going to come up with big, bigger plays like mad offloads and... And so get Madison to get through the shit work. Yeah, Madison's the 80-minute yeah, guy. Yeah, get him through yeah. the shit work. Then you bring Lane on when, the, when everyone's tired, offloading through the middle and Gutho pushing through the middle. And I think – I actually think that Lane's being underutilised. Now, you know, every NRL player wants to start, so he, he's going to want to start. But I, I reckon they're probably – yeah, I reckon they're not getting it as much as they could get out of Madison – uh, and I think he's off contract this year as well. I think so. And I, I, the thing that I noticed before kickoff yesterday, considering they're missing Junior Paulo, they ran with a winger and a hooker on their bench. Mm, that was interesting. Which didn't make a heap of sense to me. I mean, only lost the game by one point. So You're right, he's, a, he's off contract. What's that? He's off contract. Yeah. 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 But to run with just Matto and Makatoa, who are, are both great players, especially in the current climate when it's you've small. got HIAs and everything. Yeah. It's a small um, bench. It's a small could bench. Could cost you very quickly. Yeah, yeah. It's very. It's a good point. It's a small bench for sure. Uh, you would have thought Cartwright probably. I mean, maybe he had a specific plan. I mean, the positive is is that when Opacek went off, they did get to replace him with Hayes. So that's you know a win. And I guess carrying Hayes, you have also got Nakor out in the centre, so you can shift him into yeah, the middle into if you need to. But I, I just I don't know. It seems a bit of a punt. I also. I, I, I know you're high on him. I'm a fan of him too. I don't understand why Reed's not playing 80 minutes. Well, yeah, they asked him after the game. And when he came off, I was like, this is a crucial time in the match. Yep. Like, why are we taking Reed off? But uh, Brad Arthur was like, you know, we just thought we needed some fresh, fast legs through the middle and it was tiring. Uh, uh, like, they were tiring a little bit. And he said the only problem is, is when he came on, we had no ball. So he yeah, didn't really okay. have an opportunity to, to utilise that. But I, I agree with you. I, I think Reed's an 80-minute player. I think he is so important to their attack. And that when he goes off, they do get a little bit clunky sometimes. And I think that if, if you're going to take Reid off, and I, I think Mitch Rain's a very good player, but I don't think he's an explosive nine that you bring on. I think I think Rain is a good 80-minute hooker. Yeah, like yeah. He, he, if anything, he's a guy you play the first 60 with, then you bring on someone explosive. I just mm. It just seems – and I, 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 off the top of my head, I don't think they have another nine in the club. Mm that sort of could play that role but it's really tough too though because like rain hasn't really had an opportunity to show like every time he's been brought on for like five minutes they haven't really had the ball so he hasn't had really an opportunity to show if he can turn into that player yeah I find, but I I mean, we've watched rain for 10 years now yeah like yeah, I, yeah. Sure. I do find it strange that they took money off in the 65th minute when it was a, you know a crucial part of the game yeah 100 but but Arthur said it was because they thought that rain's fresh legs and, and getting out of dummy half mm would help him. Fair. But then they brought him back on with 90 seconds to go. Well, that was because they're trying to set up for field goals and get field yeah. position. So you bring on your main hooker that's better at directing traffic, getting his, telling his forwards, fucking get there, get there. Um, that's, that's why they, they would have brought him back on. And that's what makes it even more impressive that they went in there with only two forwards on the bench and they still had an interchange to use in the last minute to bring yeah. their hooker back on. Yep. Yeah, look, Eels is just one of those games. Doesn't mean that their premiership 
run is off, no. Does it mean Mitch Moses is the worst bloke in the world that some people want to – like, honestly. Guys, if you're having a crack at Mitch Moses, seriously, he had two tri-assists, kicked for 252 metres, like – one tackle break, a line break, 17 tackles. Like, Mitch Moses wasn't the problem, guys. Like, it, nope. you, can't, you can't, for five weeks, he's leading the comp with tri-assists. He's literally leading the comp with tri-assists. He's having the best year of his career, in my opinion. They have one down game, and all of a sudden, you know, people want to just, just blame Mitch Moses. The thing with that Eels performance is there is no single person that I can point to and say it was his fault. But what I can do is point to the, the entirety of that team and say it is the team's fault. They, they made poor choices as a team and they didn't play the way that the Eels normally play. Anywhere near, like, they still had played to that standard when they completed their sets, but it was the fact that they weren't completing that was killing them. And that's, that's a team thing. That's not an individual thing. I, I think it'll be rectified quick. Like, I, I think the Eels will be totally fine next week. He ran for 80 metres, had one line break and two tries, Mitch Moses. Yeah. That's a bad game and it's his oh, fault. Man. I'm not here. Crazy. It's, yeah, I don't, I don't understand. I mean, he's just, he's the easy target. He is the easy target. Like the, the Eels lose, all of a sudden it's Moses' fault. Um, you know, and some people will sit there and go, well, he's the highest paid. It should be his fault. It's like, but did you watch that 80 minutes? Did you really feel that Mitch Moses wasn't contributing enough to their victory? Like, no, he played some good footy. It was more, even like the shifting it's fine if they shift. It was their execution that hurt them. Yep. And it wasn't, Mitch, it wasn't Mitch Moses' execution. It was, you know, Papa Lee dropped a ball. Dylan Brown dropped a ball. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sean Lane dropped a ball. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, everyone had their moment where they made an error. Yep. So that's why I believe it was like... As a whole, it was the team's fault rather than individual, whereas sometimes you can look at games and go, like, you know, to be fair, you look at that Bulldogs game last week, I, I do believe there are a few individuals that made some really poor errors that hurt them substantially, where, and, whereas there was one half of the team that was actually playing some really good footy. So, yeah, devastating loss for the Eels, and it does, it does, I guess, keep that aura around of they just don't seem to know what it takes to take that next step. I am still of the camp that they are a premiership threat. I still believe the Eels look the best they've looked for, for years. Yep. Um, now, if they play like this again for the next week or two, I may reconsider that. But right now, I just think this is a blip on the radar. I think this is just a blip on the radar, a Monday game. Part of it was they were ambushed. The second part of it was they were almost making too many line breaks at will where it, it actually played against them where they thought they would score every set. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I definitely think they got ambushed, and they were still in a position to win this game at the back end. I mean, if, if Mitch Moses, imagine if Mitch Moses did kick that field goal, he's a hero. Imagine the conversation we're having today. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. Um, they lost Reggie. They lost Opacek. You know, by, by the end of the game, I think they had like one reserve on the, the bench. Opacek one was a bit scary. Yeah, I was. I was like, what yeah. the? F-? And it didn't even like the ones that don't look bad, but look bad when they're lying there. Yeah. They're the scariest ones because you're like. 
if you can't obviously see what happens, maybe something really bad has happened. But I don't know. When he got up, he looked okay. I yeah. think it was just a twinge. Sometimes, like probably like every six months, I'll go to the gym and like I'll be doing bench or squatting and I'll just get a twinge out of nowhere. Like I, I would have stretched up, I'm all warmed up, I'll get a twinge and I'll be stiff as anything for two, two days where my back's all fucking, yeah. I can't move my neck, I'm like that. And it's, I can't, there's nothing I can do to change it. It just happens every fucking six months or whatever. Uh, I thought Nathan Brown was really good. Yeah. I thought he was really good. Uh, Isaiah, the best players for me in the Eels were Isaiah Papali'i, uh, Dylan Brown, um, and probably Ryan Madison, probably Ryan Madison. What do you think? What changes do you think the Eels need to make going forward, if any, or it's a blip on the radar? I don't think any. You bring yeah. Junior Paulo back into this side. I would play Matto on the edge over Sean Lane, uh, but if they don't, I don't think it's going to cost them games of football. Yeah, realistically, um, yeah, I, I, I would make changes to that bench. But once you get Junior Paulo back, I think you'll, you'll, you'll see Hayes come off there. Realistically, uh, no, I, I'm not reading too much into this for yeah. Parramatta. It's a great win for the Tigers. It's fantastic. They needed this. Mm. But for Parramatta, I don't think it's a catastrophic event in yeah, any way, absolutely. shape or form. We, ha- we have to remember, two weeks ago, or three, they went down to fucking Amy Park and beat the Storm. Like yep. That was two or three. This is the same side. This is the same side. Just a blip on the radar. I think that the, the Eels will watch the video session and be very clear as to why they lost that match. It was a mix. And I don't think anyone can deny the Tigers played some fucking great footy. Some great yeah, no, footy. I, th- I think Parramatta fans need to accept that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like, yes, you played the Tigers, who you thought were shit for the last two months. Teams that play shit can play really good games of football, and they mm. did yesterday, and that's credit to them. Next Sunday, 2 p.m., Newcastle played the Eels. Great two game. teams coming off losses, two Cracking big games. Yep. That's going to be huge up there at Newcastle. Yep, absolutely. So, look, Eels fans, don't be stressed. Don't worry about it. Blip on the radar. We still saw when they did complete their sets, they put points on. Yep. And so there is nothing to worry about when it comes to their attack. Their defence, yeah, probably need to clean that up a little bit on the edges there. Uh, but outside of that, the Eels are still the same team that went down, at, that, that have beaten the Storm three games in a row. Yeah, and, and when you, what you just said there, I agree with. They probably need to work on their defence around their edges, but you knew that before yesterday. Yeah, for sure. Because they've been leaking points yep. before the season. So nothing to worry about. Dylan Brown looks absolutely fuck. He looks in good form oh my god he looks good uh and he's cool as shit he's a cool cat cool as shit um now we're gonna just do do this quickly also there's a video here's a video of the great pascal celebrating in a pub in northern territory (laughs) look at that (laughs) oh how good rugby league oh rugby league that's your ceo on the beers watching you get the win um how good uh now what are we going to do quickly? Because we don't usually get this day. We're going to do go Fox League release like talking points from the weekend. Yeah. And so we're just going to quickly answer these these talking points that Fox have come up with and I guess give our opinions on it. Greg Alexander and Benji Marshall uh, have glowing praise for Lachlan Ilias. Alexandra said, uh, we will be talking about Ilias in a different terms at the end of the year than we are now. Benji said, in terms of development and where he should be given how many games he's played, I reckon he's exceeded expectations. Do you agree or disagree? Uh, Brandy's quote I think we've been saying it For a month mm. That's exactly what We've been saying He's had a tough draw To start He's filling the shoes Of one of the best sevens We've seen the modern era It's going to take time uh, He's lost his fullback But yeah You can see Every single week Elias is getting better uh, They've got a good run Over the next few weeks He's got his mate Tough next to him Completely agree With both those yeah, Statements absolutely. What do you reckon Matty? 
I reckon it's kind of similar to how Reynolds came in in 2012. Now, Reynolds had his moment in round five, I think, against the Dragons back in 2012 when he nailed a field goal. I reckon Elias will get his moment in the next few weeks. Yeah. I, but I think it's been great. I think he, I agree with both statements. I think Benji's nail on the head. He absolutely, in my opinion, has exceeded where we thought he would be. He's played five NRL games pretty much. Let's say six for and good I, measure. I think that's a good point that Matty brings up. He's played well, but he hasn't had that game yet where you're like, fuck, he got yeah. the stats he deserved. He got all yeah. the praise he deserved by people that probably don't focus on halfbacks as much as like what yeah. we do. So that game will come and it'll fill him with confidence. Absolutely. I mean, similar-ish to an extent to Brown where yes. he wasn't getting the the big plays or whatever, but he was allowing other people to do it. And I think Lachlan Elias has absolutely done that. Now, uh, another Fox talking point. Could Olakawatu be an origin bolter? Equally, can Kolomatangi? I added Kolomatangi. Oh, you, you motherfucker. <laughs> this motherfucker. <laughs> fucking South, man. They're fans. You can't trust them. They'll fucking... You cannot trust them. Yeah. Uh, Olakowatu is 1 million percent an origin bolter. What do you think, Garina? Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, we, we've spoken about it in the last few weeks and what he did on the weekend. Like, he scored two. He's, I thought he was unlucky not to score a third. And it's... You know, we, 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 we talk about guys, how they're able to beat you in so many different ways. This guy gets on the end of kicks. He's got an offload. He can do a little bit of ball playing. He can run over the top of you. He can step you. He can just do it all. So, yeah, I mean, that, that New South Wales pack is pretty stacked. It's a hard side to get into. Yep. But, uh, mate, as a Queenslander, if, the, if we picked him on our bench, I imagine that would just be a huge red flag for you guys. Oh, man, scary. Yeah. Imagine him coming on in form. That's just, Like, imagine him, that big fucking beast of a human being in a Blues jersey. It's 20 minutes and this motherfucker runs on the field. That's he, scary. He doesn't hide away either. Yeah. He's, yeah. I, I think Colin Montagny, obviously, Freddie brought him into the camp a couple of years, last year or the year before, I think it was. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I think Freddie probably outside of South fans, picked up on Coleman Tuggy's uh, ability a little bit earlier uh, than the rest of us did. So I can both be a serious handful. Um, so, yeah, I'd have them both as potential bolters. What about um, what about Siffer? See another one? I don't know if you pick him as a centre, but he's another guy that I think if you were to bring him off the bench in State of Origin, he could be anything. I just, just defensively, I want to see more defensively. Yeah, that's fair. I, I want to see more games like this. Uh, right now, we've seen two incredible matches from Talakai. Yeah, consistency has yeah. always been his, yeah. And so I just want to see a bit more from him. But Talakai at his barnstorming best, I would even argue he would be a smoky for the starting centre position at his best. Like, if he plays like the way he played against the Knights for the rest to origin, I wouldn't... Like, his name would be in the hat in my opinion. Yeah. That's it. But... I need to see that. I yeah, need to see fair. that. But Talakai's been incredible. At the moment, I probably wouldn't have him as a smoky, but I do believe that if he continues to play this way. What do you reckon, Matty? Uh, Olakowatu, I still reckon he was just as good, maybe just a little bit worse than Papali last year. Like they, they were my two back rolls of the year last year. I know Kikau ended up winning, which was fair enough. Um, yeah, Olakowatu's been great. And equally, Kolomitangi, maybe Olakowatu just ahead, but um, Kolomitangi has been, was there, I think, last year. So, mm. Yeah, I, I think they'll both be in the squad. Yeah, yep. pretty sure. I, I think it's worth noting with Colin Montagny too. He's he swapped sides and he's with a rookie seven. Yeah, considering he's only in his third year of first grade, Matty. Yeah, yeah. Third, like pretty damn impressive what he's done. He's been, um, I'm, I'm sure he's got a feature in your um, shining light segment a number of times this year. He's been really good for them. Absolutely. Uh, 
the Penrith Panthers send warning shot. Are they in a league of their own? Now, this is, uh, this is also a topic kind of what they talked about in the topics. Are the Panthers in a league of their own? At the moment, I think they are. Yeah, they're... They're six and zero, but I don't. I don't feel like that's being celebrated. Yeah, enough. mate, it's 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 insane. I, I don't know how many teams have gone six and zero to start the last few seasons. And but yeah, their draw hasn't been the toughest. But we have to remember they've missed at, at times. They've had like three or four key players out. They didn't have the best player on the planet for the first four weeks. Yeah, I yeah. saw someone on the punters and dribblers page call them flat track bullies because they've only been teams underneath. Oh, <laughs> that's a that's a tongue in cheek. That's a flat track bully. <laughs> <laughs> they win a comp. Flat track bullies, man. <laughs> Fucking hell. Fuck those flat track bullies. Uh, I think they've sent a scary warning shot. Now I know they play the Broncos, but when Cleary is in that kind of form, that kind of form. At the start of the year, only two games in from a fucking massive shoulder reconstruction. That's fucking scary. Yeah, I, the way I'm looking at him at the moment, as you said, only just coming back. He almost looks like he's match-up proof at the moment. He just looks like he's going to be able to handle anything thrown his way, yeah. uh, which is scary. And he does it both sides of the ball, which we've spoken about we love. I think Matty said yesterday, Magic Round, they play Melbourne. Yep. <sighs> round 10. What a match. Far out. Fuck me dead. Um now, what is the next one? Golf between Broncos and elite teams exposed. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, you know, we sort of... It's interesting to see how many guys have obviously left the Broncos as well and have done so well elsewhere. You know, your Reese Walsh, your Arthurs, these sort of guys. Um, and, mate, I, I thought Brisbane... I thought Brisbane played really well the other night against Penrith. And then you look up at the scoreboard and it's 40 to 12. That's what I mean. Like, that's, that's what I was kind of saying yesterday. Like, we have to remember it was, it was 40, 40 to, 12. to 12. Yeah. Yeah. That, like, that's a score from last year. Like, considering the climate of this year, that's a huge blowout. And the concern is, is like, they did such good work for 50 minutes yep. and then a 10 minute period, just fucking, just, I don't know. They just yep. lost it. Uh, you know, and part of me says, do you put that on Brisbane or do you put that on just how fucking good Penrith are? Mm. But it's the little things though. I'll point yeah, out that it's yeah, those right. little things. Yeah, like yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's decision-making. That's not talent. Like the guys I pointed out, I love them and support them and back them in fucking 100%. They are super talented and I believe both players are top tier in our old players. It's just decision-making that yeah. I think that we can fix up a little bit. So I, I, I think that the first two games, we saw the best of them. The Roosters, we saw the best of them, but we're still a ways away from being where we should be, in my opinion. Now, it's not, I don't think it's panic stations at all. We're definitely a better side. We're building for sure, but we have to be realistic about this is a group of young men. It's going to take time to get the systems in place. What do you reckon, Matty? Did, so is the article saying the gulf between the good teams and the, and the bad teams? Yeah, like basically the, the Broncos basically revealed that they are way far off the elite teams in the competition. Yeah, nah, I, I actually disagree because, for, like, look at yesterday's game. The, would the Tigers have beaten the Eels last, last year? Mm. Like, I reckon absolutely not. I reckon it's, I reckon it's way closer this year. Yep. And I reckon, the, like, a few years ago, like, you have your best teams, you had your worst teams, but you weren't surprised if 16th beat first. Last year, year before, never happened. And, and I reckon this year, as we saw yesterday – it's changed a bit. So I, I don't think I agree with that headline. Yeah, okay. So you're saying that Broncos can take... like Broncos beat South in round one. Yeah, and also they took 
the roosters to the death. Exactly, and that was only two, two weeks yeah. ago. So. And that, that's the shit thing for Brisbane, in my opinion. You've played pretty well two weeks in a row. We've played Rabbitohs, Roosters and Panthers yeah. in the first. But like over the last two weeks, I think you've played pretty well. Yeah. And you didn't win against the Roosters and then you got slapped by... Like, what, what sort of an impact does that have on that squad? Yeah. Like at the end of that game where they would have gone, fuck, I thought we did pretty well. Considering we didn't have Haas, we didn't have Herbie. Yeah. And then you look up and you go, fuck, it's 40 to 12. 12. Nah. I reckon it proves the last article that Penrith are a league of their own rather than a golf between the good and the bad yeah. teams. I, I think, as I said, I think we're not as far as far along as we thought we were mm. round one and two, but it is not panic stations and we have made improvement. You can absolutely see that we've made improvement. To be able to take it to Roosters and Panthers, I think that's a fucking fair crack. Like, oh, I think that's sure. a fair effort. Yeah. Without Haas. And I know it's 40-12, but like yeah. for 60 minutes or whatever. And without Haas and Herbie. So That's at Penrith too. It's the hardest road trip in yeah, rugby league. It's tough. So... Yeah, it's, it's not panic station for Broncos at all. It's a long season and we're definitely building for sure. Uh, Munster. Munster in career best form as rivals circle. Thoughts about the great Cam Munster. We spoke about it a bit yesterday, but apparently seven clubs are interested. Do you think this is going to get more wild before it gets more simple? Now, and to be clear, and that's brought up a good point. So uh, Phil Rothfield, Buzz, was saying to Anasta, like, I don't like the fact that Munster is signed for next year, but he's already being touted as bringing to these other clubs. And Anasta brought up a good point. He said, no, hang on a sec. That's not how things happened. The Storm wanted to sign four players. They signed those four players and then told Cam, we want to extend you, but you need to take a pay cut. And that got out to the media from the Storm. And then Cam reacted to that by saying, no, we're not going to take it. So it's actually not Cam that pushed this yep. narrative along. It was the storm trying to negotiate those core of players and trying to get the deal done, which is which is fair. Like I think, like what's Munster supposed to do? Like oh, mate, it's a hundred. That's what Braith and Munster have to do. Yeah, like that's, he has to test the market. Yeah. And also, he's not like Munster. Anasta also said, like we're not even really negotiating. This is just clubs that are interested because they've heard that this guy is getting a massive whack, like a four hundred k whack. I I don't have anything. I just reckon what you said yesterday about the trade window, that's the only thing that could fix that if you want it to be fixed. But as long as the players are comfortable with it, trade window is To answer your question, will it get crazier before it doesn't? Absolutely. Because he's not off contract next year. He's off contract the year after. So we're going to be hearing about this for a while. Oh, we're going to hear about it for a while. Now, open market, how much is he worth? Boom. Uh, Once again, depends on the club, but... No, just boom. Just... Just boom. 1.2, 1.3, I think. Open market, how much is he worth? 1.2. Yeah, 1.2, I reckon. Three-year deal, 1.2, and just keep it at 1.2 with incentives. That's what I reckon. Uh, Benny Hunt has had a sneaky start to the season. Thoughts on the great Benny Hunt, and where do you rate this form that he's in, even though the Dragons have struggled compared to the rest of his career? Yeah, well, I mean, you have a look at the Dragons' draw to start the season, and it hasn't been an easy draw. They've had, uh, they've played the Panthers, they've played the Sharks, they've played the Eels, they've played the Rabbitohs, and when I did my little Sinbin thing the other day, guess which team has had the most Sinbins? Dragons. Yep. Uh, and we saw how, how much of an impact that has on teams. For Ben Hunt to be sitting on seven daily end points after six weeks in a team that hasn't been going very well against top teams that have had Sinbin after Sinbin after Sinbin, an incredible effort, and he hasn't had a 5-8 next to him in three weeks. Agree. What do you reckon? It's funny. We talk about Fafita on that 1.2 million thing. When's the last time we spoke about how much Ben Hunt's on? 
True, which proves he's fucking doing his job. Exactly. Which proves he's doing his job. It's a great point, Matty. Just paid for yourself, Matty. Mate, that's one good point all year. (laughs) Uh, Look, I agree. I think Benny Hunt has been outstanding. And also, I think it uh, drives home, are players getting better in their 30s? Like, how many 30-plus-year-olds are we seeing that are killing it? Whereas I feel like when we were growing up, once you hit 30, you're done. Yeah. And like maybe for, I'm yeah. fucking remembering incorrectly. And even for the last probably 15 years, it was the big three and that was about it. Mm. Like, guys are now just... He's 32. It's crazy. And he's playing... I think he's playing the best he's played since 2015. Yeah, and DCE, I think right now, is playing better than he has in a couple of years Long, as well. long time. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's incredible. Uh, Raiders. Is the Raiders' depleted spine the reason all the way they're sitting right now? I think it's part of the reason. I don't think it's the reason. Okay, better question. Do you think they get enough slack for the fact that they lost two out of their spine? No, I don't think they do. Okay. Okay. Do you think that if Fogarty and Hodgson were playing, that they would be four and six? I hope so. But knowing the Raiders, I'm not confident in saying that. But I think the people are overlooking how important your seven and your nine is in a team. And for them to lose them... Well, so imagine, early. Imagine if Roosters lost, or not Roosters haven't had a proper nine. Imagine if the Storm lost Munster and Grant. Yeah. I don't think that'd be, I think that'd be a big, mass, like a massive loss. Imagine if the Rabbitohs lost Cook and Walker. Yeah, and the examples you're using, the Raiders aren't those teams either. Yeah. Like if you were to take the seven and the nine out of teams that I, if you take Sean Johnson and Wade Egan out of the Warriors, yeah. they're in some serious curry all of yeah, a sudden. You take Ben Hunt and Andrew McCulloch out of the Dragon side. Yeah. So I, I think that they aren't getting enough credit for the tough start they've had with injuries and everything, but I also just think that people are looking at that pack just going, you should still be in games. Yeah. I think also we're not like Fogarty, obviously, you know, and Hodgson aren't, you know, Cody Walker and Cook, yep. but they're equally important, maybe even more important because they have a different team around them that's not as probably good as, say, the Rabbitohs or whatever. And I would argue they're... It, it makes them more important because of the 5-8 you've got and your team is built around him and he is and a structured player. We know that Hodgson and Fogarty, that's the reason why they're there. Yeah, for sure. Sure. What do you reckon, Matty? Yeah, they're big losses and you're right. Then They're probably not getting enough slack for it, but they lost, you know, the Cowboys game. They made four errors in the last 15 minutes. Mm. Like Shit point. Like erased, that. that erased your last point. You're back at zero again. <laughs> Back home. <laughs> uh, that is us for the week, guys. That is us for the week. Oh, well, I will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. The review done. Make sure to grab a case of bloke and buy. Head down to your local. I'm speaking to you. You're driving your truck. You got your headphones on. Whatever you're doing, you're in the gym. I'm speaking exactly to you. If you can get down to your local, grab a case, grab a six pack with your mates, tag us on Instagram, Facebook, or whatever. Uh, it's a beautiful beer and it keeps this, uh, keeps the lights on, baby. Keeps the light on. Make sure to follow Rugby League Guru. He has got. Uh, Beers and break even tomorrow night? Tonight. 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 So be on YouTube tonight. Maddie, what shows do you have going on? Um, I do this show. Yeah. I do the uh, About Even. No, no, not About Even. <laughs> the DMP show. Yeah. And that's about so it. So Maddie's got the DMP on Wednesday. <laughs> I've got the DMP on Wednesday. Yeah. Okay. So be there for Maddie's be DMP there. on Wednesday. Be there, be for there DMP. or be square. <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.